Hey everybody, welcome to Movie Mavens, a podcast where we watch and review two movies that are related in some way. We call it a spicy double feature. The films can be related through director, actor, plot, setting, or even title. I'm one of your hosts, Annie Janes. And I'm Carson Green. This week's spicy double feature is 3,000 Years of Longing and Big Fish. Both of these films feature storytelling as a main subject and contain multiple larger-than-life fantasy fantasy stories. I literally cannot wait to get into this double feature, but before we jump in, Annie, I am dying to know, what have you been watching? Well, I checked out the latest episode of House of the Dragon. Yes. And I gotta say, I liked it a lot more than the first episode. It had a lot more to do with, like, interfamily drama, and it set up a lot more of what the season's going to be about than the first episode did. The okay. first episode seemed more about, like, spectacle and, like, gore, and it was just, like, I could feel like it was just trying to get us to a place, and in this, mm-hmm. this episode sort of did that, but better. And I love the way it ended. I... I I'm excited for the show, but at the same time, as soon as we finish recording, I'm going to go watch the new Lord of the Rings show. This is going to be a very interesting time <laughs> for <Yeah>. me. Yeah. <laughs> wow. What a crazy yeah. fall. What a crazy fall. So, it yeah, all that to say, it focused more on drama in a very Game of Thrones way, focused less on needless violence, mm. and I like where it's headed. We'll see where it goes. You know... It's really unfortunate that I didn't have the time to watch it before we recorded this, but I am going to watch it tonight after we hop off. Um, So I'll have more to say. Yeah, because I, like I said, you know, last, maybe it was last week, um, I appreciate like the cultural zeitgeist of, of like what this is representing of the house, house of the dragon. I want to be part of the conversation. So I'm going to keep up and I'm glad to hear that it was more drama focus that's intriguing to me let's go did you hear any speaking of cultural zeitgeist like info discourse tweets about the intro because the second episode did have an intro no uh but i also avoided it but okay i did get this little nugget um today that one of the showrunners one of the co-showrunners left the show Yes. Um, and I'm assuming the whole first season's done. Yeah. Uh, or it's in post-production. But I heard he was, like, inexperienced anyways. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know if it's a bad sign. I don't know if it's a good sign. It's too early Too early to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's uncommon for showrunners to change. I mean, I don't know. I don't it, freaking know. You know what? It's just... It's... it's- crazy that it made the hollywood reporter first thing this morning i was like oh okay <laughs> yeah good morning um but let's talk about it more once you've seen it yes um i've also been watching the netflix show the sandman that came out recently okay i have heard so much about it and i actually um listened to a little bit of a podcast about it so i oh. really i want to hear 
what you're thinking what if i want to i want to know like why don't you compare it to that other show that you're watching the um the other like horror show the it's a netflix show about the yeah the, <laughs> i just the, watched is it. it there a priest there's a priest in yes it? oh midnight mass yes compared these, to that these shows are not comparable i don't oh, think oh really okay the sand so the sandman is based on like a neil gaiman comic and apparently it is like a, an incredibly faithful recreation oh wow but as far as vibes go mm-hmm. i think i it would actually be better for me to compare it to like what we were doing with films in the early 2000s such as like <laughs> like Zack Snyder like 300 or like sucker punch but uh, modern and good like mm-hmm. but that's like weirdly the vibe but just executed correctly and that sounds terrible but but once you see it i think you'd get it i don't know that this is a Carson show at all. I'm two episodes in and it's really weird. <laughs> it's just really weird. It Elaborate. Follows this, it follows this guy, the Sandman who is like the King of dreams. Mm-hmm. And in the first episode, he's literally like locked away in real world in the real world in like a prison for like decades. And he gets all of his stuff that he uses to do his powers stolen in the first episode. So it's like, okay, this season is going to be him getting back his stuff and it's going to be about people that shouldn't have his power having his power. And there's lots of biblical shit. His, biblical. his like buddy is this girl named Lucifer or Lucian. That's tight. <laughs> I don't know what it is. And there's like a Canaan and Abel and uh, there's like a gargoyle. It's very, it is fantasy heavy, but it's not, typical fantasy also the main character's name is morpheus and he wears literally what keanu reeves wears in the matrix i don't know why they're doing that i guess that's what he wore in the comic like a long robe black yeah uh thing anyways interesting choice (laughs) people that are fans of this are probably like really upset at hearing me (laughs) describe this but i'm only two episodes in i'll keep going um it's weird but i like it the visuals are really fascinating okay wow how many episodes are there? I actually have no idea. And I think they're 45 minutes long. Mm. But I couldn't tell you how many there are. You know what? I I think I'm in the market for a show. I, I think I am. Like, like other than House of the Dragon? Yeah. Maybe. I mean... I kind of want like a like a popcorn show. You know, the days are getting shorter. I'm looking oh, yeah. for just like... You're about to be inside longer. Right. I... I mm-hmm. Well, I wouldn't recommend this to you. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I would recommend what I... What the other thing I've been watching... Oh, ooh, okay. The Resort. Okay. On Peacock. Okay. Oh, Finally, I've heard of this. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Finally found someone with the login. Shout out my sister. <laughs> and... I'm two episodes in and I'm really, really digging it. It's like, it's made by the same creator or one of the same creators of Palm Springs. Uh-huh. And the, the actor, actress that was in that, actor that was in that, the girl, she's in this as well. Uh-huh. Um, and so is um, Chidi from The Good Place. They're like... That's right. They're both in it. And so is... Um, 
this that the son from Righteous Gemstones, and oh, I love that guy. Yes, Skyler. Um, Skyler. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it present the show like starts out as like a couple who's been together a long time and they're like out of their groove going on an anniversary trip and the wife gets really enraptured by a murder mystery that she is trying to solve herself and then her husband comes on board as well. And the mystery is unfolding in a very fascinating way and part of me wonders if it's going to be like break out of the real world and into like sci-fi at all in a way that Palm Springs sort of did where it was mostly the real world, but with like 1% sci-fi elements, which I thought was really cool. Um, But we'll see. It's too early for me to tell. I'm just like thinking that because of Palm Springs, but I think you'd really like it. I think everyone would really like it and um, definitely check it out. I'm in, I'm all the way in. You hit so many buzzwords for me. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Perfect. Now I don't have to search for it. The show has come to me. Amazing. Yep. (laughs) Don't waste your time anymore. Go right to the resort. Uh, Perfect. Oh, uh, um, okay. Also, uh, Palm Springs, you mentioned that movie. We have an episode on Palm Springs. We, our double feature was Groundhog Day. Which... We watched in during the pandemic and neither of us had seen Groundhog Day, right? Yeah, that's right. We were living it. Too busy living it. <laughs> Too busy living it. <laughs> uh, last, okay, one quick last thing. I finally yes. finished season five of Better Call Saul. It is the second to last season. The penultimate. I was literally trying to think of that word and then I thought of it and then I was like, it's too late. It's clearly, <laughs> it's clear you thought about it too long. <laughs> Yeah, it's penultimate season uh, on Netflix. It was great, and I'm so excited to watch the newest and last season. Um, that just it was streaming on I- AMC. Now it's nowhere. I don't think. Maybe you can buy it on iTunes, but I will find a way if you know what I mean. Yes, I do know what you mean. Um, okay. Also, I liked Breaking Bad. I enjoyed Breaking Bad. Should okay. I watch Better Call Saul? Saul, in my opinion, is better than Breaking Bad. Wow. It knows what it is from the start. It's way more nuanced. And as far as things that I like, it's more about like, it's like courtroom drama meets scheming and con men, which is like my two favorite things. So yes, definitely. But wait till you're like less stressed about work because like an episode can be heavy or it can be harder to get through. I don't know. It's not a popcorn show as you had mentioned, Mm -hmm. but it's awesome. And it's not really, it's not that hard. Okay. Noted. So that's, I finally watched a bunch. There it all is. What did you watch this week? You know, Annie, I only watched one thing since we last spoke. One piece of media since we last spoke. That's crazy to me. That feels wrong. That's been my weeks lately. This is like the first one I finally saw stuff. Wow. We're flip-flopped. We are trading off. But, oh, well, actually, okay, no, I saw two two movies. Did I talk about um, Sugar and Spice last week? You definitely talked about it, but did you talk about that you were seeing it or that you had seen it? I don't remember. I watched Sugar and Spice uh, <laughs> as a midnight show. That was really fun. Maybe I did. 
I'm not sure. I'll just say it again. Okay. Um, it's from, no, I think I did. Okay. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to, now I'm remembering. You remember talking about it. Okay. So then that means I have only seen one piece of media since we last spoke. Okay. And that is 1968's Head, which is a movie about, well, it's starring the monkeys, which was oh. America's version of the Beatles. Yes. And here is a really fun trivia about this movie. It was co-written by Jack Nicholson. What? For why? 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 For why? Okay, he met uh, one of... So the monkeys had a TV show, like a network show, um, to try and just like get their reputation a little broader uh, because, you know, like the Beatles was a huge cultural global phenomenon and the monkeys were just not catching that way. Yeah. And so they had a TV show in the late 60s and... um, one of the people who was like a showrunner, a writer, I'm not really quite sure, um, met Jack Nicholson at a movie theater. And wow. Jack Nicholson was like, hey, oh my God, I really love the monkeys and I love the TV show that you're doing. They got to talking and then they wrote a movie. Wow. And it's called it Head. Helps to be famous. Yeah, literally, literally. Why is it called Head? Okay. So, it's very much like, it's very much like a, um, I don't even know how to describe it. It's sort of, it's like doing drugs. It it has all of the visuals of like a trip, an acid trip. And um, it kind of like weaves you in and out of scenes and settings in such a way that is like very seamless and it all... It all seems like a stream of consciousness and like there's no real plot. Um, We're just going from scene to scene and we're kind of like floating through. It's like a dream. It's like a trip. It's like (laughs) a dream. Um, But it's a lot of fun and it's like highly engaging. And we are learning about the monkeys themselves. Like we learn about the guys. It's starring the four guys. And we learn about them, about their relationships with one another and about their personalities. And it's very silly. It's very like, it's, it's fun. It's really fun to watch. It's very engaging. It like, there was not a dull moment. There was not a moment where I was like, damn, I wish this was over. (laughs) What? brought you to see this um okay so i watched this movie in college in a film class we watched a double feature actually we watched um the beatles hard day's night which came out that year too and this movie head and hard day's night is like so straight laced it's like so proper (laughs) it's black and white like it's very i think there there's like It's very straight-laced. It's very um, rated G. And Head is very, like, just, it's so far out there. This is not for kids. (laughs) That's funny because, like, my idea of the monkeys is, like, the Beatles before they, like, got weird. Mm, Yes. I thought that they were, like, for little girls (laughs) in the 60s and 70s. So 
fascinating i had no idea yeah i um you know if you ever if you ever come across a showing of it i highly recommend watching it in a theater both times i've seen it was in a theater and it's like it was really it's it's a fun watch and it's also just like a piece of american culture how much about the monkeys should i know or enjoy to see this like none i told you everything you need to know (laughs) (laughs) okay cool because honestly like based on description i'm like this is like no this is a no for me dog sort of situation (laughs) but only because like you know you say there's no plot you say we're moving through somebody's mind but then you say it's fun and engaging and then you've got me back you've got me back but Mm -hmm. but the monkeys that's another obstacle for me honestly like we are we we're taken from the desert to like a western and then it will like break the fourth wall and it'll pan out and then we'll be on a studio stage lot okay and then like and then we'll go into the bathroom and then you open the mirror and then we're in like someone's bedroom like it just it moves like that it's very quick very engaging in that way all right yeah it was fun anyway head uh here's my endorsement it's it's a fun movie but watch it in a theater i don't recommend just like sitting down watching this movie. watching it on the old ipad <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh anyway let's jump into our double feature shall we let's do it okay shall we talk about three thousand years of longing yes perfect annie hit me with some facts this movie came out august 26th 2022 is directed by george miller written by george miller and augusta gore starring tilda swinton and idris elba it has a 74 percent on rotten tomatoes here's a description from imdb a lonely scholar on a trip to istanbul discovers a jinn jinn who offers her three wishes in exchange for his freedom okay george miller is tasked with following up mad max (laughs) How did it go, Carson? Wait, that's it? That's the full description we get? Yep. Wow. Okay. What would you add? Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, this movie is kind of hard to describe, maybe. I think there could have been, like, if anything, like, um, the, the fact that he tells her how he got to where he is in a series of stories. Yeah, a, um, it's a story within a story. It's multiple stories within sto- a story. Yeah. What would you... I First of all, I want to know, what genre would you categorize this in? Uh, They don't make movies like this anymore. It... Yeah, I guess a fantasy romance drama. <laughs> what would you say? Yeah, I think... Uh, I think I would lean closer into, like, fantasy action romance. Was there action? Uh, like, in the in the second act, yeah. When he's talking about the sun. Uh, not the sun. Um, like the, the Ottoman Empire? Yes. I see. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think it's, like, mostly a... F- fantasy yeah even when we're not in the stories there's still like a jinn or a gypsy if y'all have never heard that term wait gypsy genie excuse me genie 
yeah, there's still a genie that has pointed ears and like scaly legs, <laughs> like and he's yeah. glittery. So yeah, it's like it's a fan- it's a fantasy, soft fantasy perhaps. But a lot of people also have complained about the trailer for this movie and the marketing overall. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like you were misinformed going into it? I didn't watch the trailer. I definitely saw it, but I don't remember trailers very well. And Okay, yeah. So this, like, this was not marketed, I'm going to say, almost at all. It was, like, half-assed marketed. It's like I saw a poster, and then I think, like, right before I went to the movie, mm-hmm. I read just, like, a quick synopsis that had more information than what you just read. And it said huh. something about, uh, like, um, I can yeah, it's, it compared it to Aladdin, which I was like, oh, okay, I know where we're going. I can't believe, like, considering this went wide immediately, right? I can't believe they were not leaning into, like, George Miller, the guy that directed fucking Mad Max Fury Road, made right. another movie, go see it. Right. Like, that should have been all over Instagram, it should have been all over, like, in the way that House of the Dragon, I mm-hmm. think, has been really pushed mm-hmm. on YouTube ads, like we weren't getting that. You know what? I haven't. I didn't even see any like posters around town. I didn't see any billboards or posters wow. or anything. Yeah, which is crazy because like this is where you do it. I, have you seen the poster since? Mm, I saw it in in the theater when I went to go see the movie. I really dislike that they put Idris Elba in that hood. Mm. I don't know why. I think it's like, I don't know why. It it read as a totally different movie looking at the poster than what I saw. And I know people are complaining about that with the trailer. But anyway, I think this movie also did very poorly at the box office. I think it only made like one and a half million. It probably made less than Top Gun made. Or is that coming out this weekend? Top Gun? Again. Top Gun is coming back like for a quick weekend. I don't know. There is a um, there's a three dollar like national movie day on September third. Yeah, I'm Have going. You... I'm going to see Nope again. Oh, nice! Mm-hmm. And I heard you can see any kind of movie. Yeah, like an IMAX movie. And I I hope that that like <laughs> brings people to see this because there's not much out anyways. Yeah, I um, yeah I'm seeing Nope again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is a good use of your time. But um, I guess yeah. Let's get into like what if we like this thing or not yeah um what did you think you know um it was okay very well told stories very well told at no point was i like lost i didn't know what was going on the characters were i thought really well um developed in like a great time like um learning that uh, Tilda Swinton char- Tilda Swinton's character was like a solitary person and she was into academics and like that's what she devoted her life to and just like knowing that going even just into the the gin situation I thought that was really smart I thought like all of the character beats were smart um I Do you mean like when you say storytelling are you talking about that or or are you also talking about like Idris Elba's the Jin's stories of how he like 
came to be in the bottle that she found him in. Yeah, all of it. I, I, and I really liked his character too. He was very snappy. He like, he was a little bit of a hothead, which understandably so. He was in a bottle for like 2,000 3,000 years. 3,000 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I like, I, I liked those two characters. I liked the storytelling. I liked the story within a story. I love that. I think that's always like fun and fresh. Um, But I gotta say, I have to say, the third act, and you know what moment I'm talking about. Uh Uh-huh. It completely fell apart for me. I laughed out loud, and I was like, what the fuck? Like, I was (sighs) sincerely, sincerely disappointed. Because this movie had so much going for it up until then. And I was like, God, Why? I was honestly appalled at the runtime after seeing the movie. I finally looked at the runtime um, today when I was making my notes. It's only an hour and 48 minutes, but literally that third act I think is so weak and it's Mm -hmm. almost like a fourth act that the movie felt so fucking long. Yeah. And the minute we get to that act and it, and the story shifts and goes in a certain direction I'm right there with you. It was so disappointing. And up until then, it had me, dude. I was yeah. fully invested. Me too. So the genie tells like three stories about how he got to where he is. And I loved every single one of them. Like, think like the French Dispatch, but I I think they were even more compelling. Yeah. As far as like stories within stories go. And then just... It went in a certain direction. The story went in a certain direction that on paper should have worked. Yeah. Because Tilda Swinton has devoted her life to storytelling and storytellers. And like, it what did seems they, like. Wait, what did they call her? A narrativologist? A narratologist? I want to be a narrativologist. Me too. <laughs> um, and it seemed to happen so quickly that there was only one clue in my mind, which was the the gulp yeah um but and we're trying to be vague here because i don't know i think it's worth being vague but is it is it lack of clues or is it lack of chemistry like what is it okay i think it was just straight up like not that movie like it, it shouldn't turned, have gone there at all. It turned into a different movie. And I, I do think it had a lot to do with their on-screen on sh- on screen screen. chemistry. They were I, really good. They were really good acting, but like... Yes. But, yeah. Together, it was just... It was like two... It was like watching two actors. It wasn't like they weren't... It was not giving. But I... I gotta tell you, like, I don't know how I would write this movie, but I tell you this much, like, that would never even cross my mind. That was so out of left field, like, sincerely disappointed. And it's funny that it's left out of left field because it's in a lot of the stories that he tells. But, like, that's how poorly it it played out. That's just how it goes to show you. Like, and it happened too fast. Mm Mm-hmm. And then once we're in the third act and the and the gin is really weak. Yeah. That happened way too fast. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that was Did you really, feel that way? Yeah, that 
not a lot of that made sense for me. It may... Okay. Actually, here's my rewrite, I think. Okay. Is that she would wish to tell his story and then they would like write a book together or something like they would write the book that she's like telling in as the larger narrative Mm. i wish that they would have done that together that's what i would have and and then he could have gotten weak like in the present that's how i would have done it but as it is it just like it didn't make any sense i think it could have worked with chemistry and the in a few more clues because mm. there was a really fun back and forth of like, is he tricking her in the way that Jin's trick people? Right. That was really fun, but it, I didn't feel like her, she, and she, it's really cool that she is a narrativologist or whatever the hell, because she knows all the tricks of Jin's because she's read it time and time again. Right. So she knows how to outsmart the Jin, but I didn't feel like her wish actually was outsmarting the Jin. In fact, I was like, that's your fucking wish? Yeah. You're falling into the trap here, babe. And I felt very unsatisfied by it. I had a lot of questions like, is it, does it feel real? I don't know. It just didn't seem right. And also, I just got to say, minor plot hole in my mind. Istanbul seemed okay. Why was London so loud? Like, couldn't they have just gone back to Istanbul? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had, a very, I had a very similar thought. Yeah, like, why was he fine in that hotel room? In... And then I was like, does London suck that bad? <laughs> right. <laughs> like London that bad? <laughs> have you ever heard of Montana? Like, try that yes. place. There was no trying. I, I, um, okay. I don't know. I think it tried to wrap it up too fast at the same time it felt too long. I don't know what to do. I also want to point out in the first act, her like hallucinations the like apparitions that she keeps okay and later in the film we get a clue that it was the jinn it was idris elba um coming to her to like pull her to his bottle but it Uh it it didn't i don't think that coming together worked for me they're really disparate ideas. And after the movie, I was talking to Gus about it. And he was like, what do you think that was about? And I was like, honestly, I think it was just to justify that she happened to pick the glass bottle out of all the glass bottles. Because like that, if that had happened without all that other fantasy stuff, I think I might have been like, well, how did she fi- Like, how did she find it? Mm-hmm. But they were really, they were really like disconnected. And not only that, but the way she was pulled to the bottle was not the way that the Ottoman dude was pulled to the Mm -hmm. bottle at all. Mm -hmm. Like there's very different. So I don't know. Okay. uh, Fundamentally, I do think that the bones are there. I th- yeah, the visuals Uh, are there. uh The music I like. Yeah. Even her book was like a really nice third act moment yeah it really was yeah like seeing her draw the stages out Mm -hmm. like i wasn't really sold on the stage thing stage one through four and then seeing her write it i was like that that would be in a book like that is cool it just jumped the shark (laughs) is that the phrase i don't i don't know the shit 
What does it mean? <laughs> like it, like it went too hard, too fast. It jumped, yeah. it jumped to conclusions. It, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, uh-huh. yeah, it, it didn't sell it. And I also did not like the neighbor ladies. I don't know why they were even like, what was the point of them? Oh, it was like, you know what we don't have in this movie? We don't have enough racism. And like, it felt like an old person trying to be like, I'm standing up against racism, didn't it? Yeah. It, I was like, okay. Wasn't that the last shot? No, it wasn't the last shot, but that was like one of the, one of the several fade to black moments. <laughs> Cause there's several like fade to black. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. That's what uh, made it feel so long. Yeah. You know, it's so funny that you are mentioning the runtime here. It, I didn't really notice it until maybe like the last 20 minutes. Exactly. I was so fine. And then it yeah. came to a screeching halt. Like, yeah. I have never been, I have like seat belt, seat belt, seat belt bruises, I feel like, <laughs> from breaking that hard. Because I really liked it too. I think I just swung really hard in the other direction. But I still like, I want people to go see this movie because of George Miller and like film people. And even my parents would probably dig it. I don't know. You know, I okay, this was like, I saw this movie on a Sunday afternoon by myself. And like, it was a nice trip to the movies, you know? Yeah. I, and yeah. then I like, I came out, the sun was still out. And that was like a night, it was a great like, just a Sunday afternoon. That's what this movie is. It's a nice Sunday afternoon. It's not like, it's not get, winning awards here. Yeah. Get some popcorn. Right. <laughs> I think. That's my suggestion. Yeah, right. And you know what? He could never follow up Mad Max Fury Road. Like, how could he? I'm glad he made this. It's like his sophomore, it's not a sophomore film at all. But it's like, he probably really wanted to do this and have his own fun. And it, I'm pretty sure he did. So, you do I, you, George Miller. Did he address you at the before the movie started? Uh, we had a direct address by George Miller. Uh, maybe. <laughs> like forgotten. You'd remember his orange, his uh, orange glasses that are like classically George Miller that oh. he's always worn. No, I okay. I don't remember that. No. He just was like, "Hey, thanks for coming to the theaters. Hope you enjoy it." That was kind of it. I mean, I did get Nicole Kidman telling me Heartbreak <laughs> feels good in a place like this, but no George I Miller. I still have not seen that. Well, we're getting a sequel, baby. I've heard, but like, <laughs> I need to see the original. Okay, it's so funny that you bring up, you have brought up now Mad Max Fury Road <laughs> in relation to George Miller twice, and there is such a huge disconnect in my mind. Like, that's doesn't compute that the same person that made that movie made this movie does not you know, compute you know what else he made huh happy feet <laughs> what the fuck yeah yeah he's just a cool guy he just does whatever the heck he wants yeah he made happy feet like when he had kids that were young and he was like i wanted to make a movie for them and then then he made Matt max fury road when they grew up wow that's cute and now he's making just whatever he can get funding for. I think he's doing Furiosa, right? Is that still happening? I, I thought they sh they were shooting it. I, I remember seeing a slate for it in the sand. Wow, that's cool. The the Charlie's Theron 
um mm-hmm. Mad Max sequel. Dude, it's- that movie is actually about her. That movie is great. Anyways. <laughs> Which one? Mad Max Fury Road. Yes. Yeah, she's Like it's cool. about Furiosa. Like that was so cool. I like that movie. She's cool. I like that movie far and above this movie. I got to say. I agree. I agree. Um it, It's okay, dude. They can't all be winners. George, old Georgie boy. <laughs> <laughs> follow your heart's desire you know it was still fine it just ended poorly that's it yeah it was like two-thirds of the way there yeah it yeah it really was yeah uh god bless the hour 48 minute movie he does that mad max was short too oh we love that we stand well what would you give it are you ready to score it any other thoughts any no other feeling? no no other thoughts no other feelings Head um, empty. uh you know this is not a movie i can give any sort of hard recommend to and it's not a movie i'm gonna watch again it's a very soft five i will give it a six it's one of those in the moment i'm like yeah that was pretty cute and then like when i look at my letterbox 2022 list i'll be like oh yeah that movie (laughs) yeah right (laughs) it's harmless yeah it never made me upset. Yeah. Just confused. All right. <laughs> Let's move on and talk about Big Fish. Okay. Um, Annie, hit me with some facts. This movie came out in 2003. It was directed by Tim Burton. It was written by John August. Shout out the podcast script notes. Uh, I definitely listened to a lot of them back in the ye old film school days. Cool. Uh, it was also co-hosted by this guy named Craig Mazin, who wrote Chernobyl, and he's writing the last of a show for HBO. But at the time, he had only written shitty comedies, so way to, way to go, Craig Mazin. It has a 75% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's starring Ewan McGregor, Albert Finney, Helena Bonham Carter, Marion Cotillard, and Steve Buscemi. There's more. Oh, there's one more. Danny DeVito. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it has an Oscar nominee for Best Original Score for Danny Elfman. Here's a description from IMDb. A frustrated son tries to do... Ooh, excuse me. A little stutter there. A frustrated son tries to determine the fact from fiction in his dying father's life. The fact from fiction. Sorry, that threw me off. Yeah. Okay, Big Fish Energy. <laughs> this was Carson's idea and I thought it was a great idea because they are they both contain like really good stories within stories that are really compelling and like you said um, larger than life I gotta say right off right from the jump I just I have to get this off my chest Billy Crudup is that his name yes the son so hot Ooh, really where is he Billy, come he, back. He was in things. And now he's not. <laughs> he, um, You know, like, it's he didn't really have a whole lot of personality in this, in this particular film. I think maybe that uh-huh. it could have been the way that the character was written. But, dear God, he was so hot. Every time he was on screen, I was, like, glued. I was like, yes, He's in that show, that show, The Morning Show. Oh, 
yeah. Ooh, you know what? That's another good popcorn show. I'm going to watch season two of that. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, don't be. My sister highly recommends it. That's I watched right. One episode. That's um, right. So this was shot in Alabama. <laughs> yes. Okay. They create. Here's a little fun fact. They created that town, Spectre. Yes. And it's still standing to this day. You can uh, go to it. You can drive to it. You have know, you been? Uh, no, I was going to go. I had like a whole weekend planned with my friends and somebody got COVID and we didn't oh. end up going. I know. It's so shitty. But it's not that far from like where I used to live. I was going to ask, how far is Montgomery from your old re- place? Like two, residence? And, like two and a half hours, but it was even north of that. It's cool because the whole movie was shot within like a 30-mile radius of Montgomery. Yeah. Yeah. And Montgomery is two hours and 51 minutes away from where I used to live. We could have met in the middle, Inspector. Oh, my God. Okay. But also, (laughs) I have to say that I have been kind of lonesome for Alabama. It's weird not being in Alabama in the summertime. I really like I love so much of Alabama summertime. Um particularly and I noticed this twice in the in the film. Um the frogs at night yes. hearing, hearing the frogs. I don't know yeah. why that sticks with me, but I heard it twice in the film and it was I don't know. It was just like endearing and like being on the Auburn campus like that also mm-hmm. was really endearing because um, my mom went to Auburn and shout out. Yeah. Right. War Eagle. <laughs> uh, real. Yeah. I'm extremely homesick for Alabama lately. This past yeah. year I have just been like yearning for it and I have like little I have little reason to go back there. Like I have some family there. All my friends that live there mostly don't live there anymore. Mm-hmm. And when I would go all the time, I'd go for my grandmother, rest in peace. So, like, the, re- the reason I'd go is just, like, to fulfill, like, my sense of homesickness or nostalgia. But, dude, this summer there, there is something very special to mm-hmm. it. But this movie was also, I noticed a lot of it was shot in, like, winter. Yeah. That helped. I've, if not for that, I would have probably bought like a plane yeah, ticket watching no. the movie. Yeah, for real. I'm in the exact same boat, yes. Um, yeah. On that note, though, Alabama is beautiful. I mean, it has a bad reputation, rightfully so, but it is mm-hmm. one of the most stunning states in our vast country. It's so beautiful. It's lush. There's green yeah. grass. There's big trees. There's miles of rolling hills. It's just stunning. And it was really... I feel like this film showed us that. And yeah. that, that was nice. Uh, when we, was, can, we cannot give up on our southern states. I, I hold this sentiment yeah. dearly. We cannot give up on them. People Honestly, want to give up on them. Okay, like Miss Jackson, Mississippi doesn't have water. We have to, like, we have to yes. give those people water. We cannot just let them die. Yes, and good people live in the south. Like, this is not me saying it's not bad, because it is, but it's like... We have to fix it. We can't just like right. throw it away. Anyways. Anyways, Big Fish. Big Fish. When was the last time you saw this movie? Probably early to mid high school and not since then. What about you? Yeah, probably then too. And Did I, you remember any of it? Um, I remember like not really liking it. 
but I think I was like, I was a much tougher critic back then. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I remember like not being into it until he got to Spectre. And then Mm. I was like, what? Because Mm. like this movie has so much, it has a love story that's really compelling and like is cute. And it has also like a Pleasantville moment Mm -hmm. with Spectre. Yeah. Like a weird mystery about a town. It has like, um, dad dying of cancer it has what are what are the other stories there's a giant mm-hmm. a literal giant there's a circus moment oh i love the circus moment it's okay. just got a lot dude this movie is actually very funny there was a f- it it's is funny. So funny what did you laugh at tell me some things okay just immediately off the top um, when Danny DeVito was talking to the giant and he said, have you ever heard the term indentured ser- servitude? Do you know he what says, a, no. Do you know what a corrupt contract is? No. He's like, well, sign this. <laughs> okay. Let me tell you the thing that made me laugh the most. Two yeah. things. Mm-hmm. The first was Danny DeVito as a werewolf. And mm-hmm. not just that, but specifically when his like right hand man who is the Oompa Loompa from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yes, I noticed that too. <laughs> um, he's wearing this amazing clown, like really wide hipped clown costume. Uh-huh. And he opens a door on the belly and there's a gun inside. <laughs> and then he comes up to the werewolf with the gun and loads it and he cries a single tear. That was so funny. Like, like I don't know if that was intentionally funny, but I was cracking up. There was another werewolf Uh moment, too, when Danny DeVito, the next morning, and um, he says, like, what did I eat or something? And he (laughs) Who did I kill or what did I... Yeah, yeah. And he was like, four rabbits and one was dead. And Danny goes, oh, that would explain the indigestion. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, Danny DeVito, love that he's in this movie. Me too. This movie feels very old, though. It is, yes, it feels very old because it is old. It, <laughs> it's because we are old is what we're getting at. <laughs> no, speak for yourself. <laughs> uh, it, Yeah, it did feel very old. Um, and I kept thinking to myself, like, what, like, where could this live in 2022? I said that weird. I always want to say 2020 is... Do you have that same habit? Yeah, I do it a lot. Okay, so we're all stuck in 2020. I digress. <laughs> I kept saying, I just kept thinking, like, how, what would this look like in 2022? And I don't think, like, I don't know, it's just so different. Um, but I want to tell you the movies that it reminded me of. Okay. There was three movies that I just kept getting, like, big whiffs of. One of them is Everything is Illuminated. I texted you about this. This is a an Elijah Wood movie from 2005, written and directed by Liev Schreiber, actually, weirdly. Oh, whoa. Yeah, right. And I, I want to say I watched Big Fish and Everything is Illuminated, like, around the same time. But it's about uh, Elijah Wood, his character. He's the main character. It's about him on, he's like searching for something. And Billy Crudup's character is also like searching for the truth from his dad. And then, um, like the main character, the dad, who, 
plays him? What is that character called? Uh, Albert Finney? In no, this movie? Yeah, but uh, like when he's like the fi- when he's the fish, when he's in the story. What's your question? <laughs> what is the question? <laughs> who is that actor who goes to Spectre? Steve Buscemi? No. The guy. Ewan McGregor? Like, yeah, okay, there we oh, go. Oh, oh, I Ewan see. Ewan McGregor, yeah. Okay, so Ewan McGregor, <laughs> his character is like, on, he's, the whole time, he's like on a mission. He's like looking for yeah. for himself, for his wife, for um, purpose. He's like constantly looking for something. And it just, it gave a lot of the same vibes in like um, some of the visuals. The colors were very similar to that movie. Um, Looks like there's a field of sunflowers. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. And we get a field of daffodils in Big Fish. I love Big that Fish. in yeah. Big Fish. That was really sweet. Um, also, wait. Mm-hmm. Miley Cyrus. Where the fuck does oh. she show up? Okay. So she's a child and she is at the circus. I missed her. Yeah. Okay. I also loved um, the young wife being... Uh, Jessica, what's her name? Yeah, Lang. Lang. Oh my God, that was they were. That was like spot on. Was she the? She was the older wife. Yeah, and then what? I know the actress. For I the can't younger wife. Anybody's name right now? Wait, what were the other movies that this reminded you of? Okay, yes, back to that. <laughs> <laughs> I have to know. Um, have you seen this movie called June Bug? Uh uh-uh. uh it's got um amy adams in it uh it's from i want to i think 2006 it might also be billy crudup if i'm being (laughs) you're just thinking of billy you just cannot get enough of billy crudup you're like i'm getting whiffs it's just billy crudup (laughs) no but it's uh it's also a family drama it's um and they go to a a small southern town um they're staying like in the family home and it's sort of like you know piecing together different stories of like family um i i actually really like that movie i highly recommend june bug um it's one of my favorite movies like of all time i think it is a very good like slice of life movie and big Mm. fish has many different slices which i appreciate about it but yeah june Junebug reminds me of that particular slice of going back home and piecing together a story and also just like the interior shots it must just be like of the time like 2005 2006 it was i think it really was and that's what also ages this movie is just like right it also i was getting like Forrest Gump and mm. Benjamin Button mm. as well. So, where it's just someone chronicling their life, basically. Yeah, right. Um, The last movie that it reminded me of, and this might be really obvious, was that Guillermo del Toro movie, the circus movie from last year. Oh my God. I almost said Water for Elephants. Can you believe that movie <laughs> just came back into my brain? <laughs> Can you believe that? Okay, that's got Reese Witherspoon and Robert Pattinson. We should watch that. I think I saw it in theaters. Wow, I've never seen it. I don't think it's good. Um, It's called Nightmare Alley. There we go. It reminded me uh, that, and I think that's kind of obvious, but 
I just I love seeing like nineteen circus circus. Yeah, I think that's. I was thinking about Moulin Rouge also. Mm, I couldn't help it yeah. because of you and McGregor and yeah. the circus setting. Like, I don't know. Yeah. No, I feel you. This movie is really unique, though. Like. I yeah. the it reminded me of those things I think because it felt very inspired like yeah the, like every moment of big fish had a purpose it was moving it was like it uh, even all of the visuals all of the action the layers of the story and like the way that it was told or mm-hmm. the series of events that it was told in it all felt very inspired and I don't like I don't feel that invigorated by a movie very often. Yeah. I I just simply like how much it has going on. Yeah. I think that's really impressive and hard to do. Yeah. So you mentioned French Dispatch when we were talking about 3000 Years of Longing. I want to know where does where does Big Fish fall? for you on this line of story within a story let's say french dispatch and then maybe like princess bride is another big one right and big fish french dispatch like it's almost separate because it's an anthology yeah even though it is a story within a story like i don't feel like we're ever drawn back to the first story very much Mm -hmm. because we're not yeah so so I like Big Fish more than 3,000 Years of Longing. And what was the other, the last one you mentioned? Princess Bride. Princess Bride. Ooh, this is tough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I like Princess Bride more than Big Fish. Mm-hmm. And then French Dispatch is hard for me to compare. I would probably say I like it less than Princess Bride, but um, maybe, and then probably less than Big Fish, I guess. I- French Dispatch is harder to watch than Big Fish. It is. A Big Fish is a family movie. Yeah. It, it it's just like a it puts a smile on your face. Yeah. Yeah. And And I like, love like Tim Burton, like this is one of my favorites by him for mm-hmm. sure. I was just thinking about Tim Burton like last week or 2 weeks ago and it was crazy like now we now we watch a Tim Burton movie. Now we watch it a Tim Burton movie. <laughs> this is our first, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Maybe maybe we ought to watch another for Halloween. I'm so ready to be in the to submerge myself in the fall. Dude, I just don't want to be hot anymore. I know you were missing. You were afraid of summer going away, but then this heat wave came. I think it's helping you be ready oh for my, the fall. Yes, truly and honestly. The universe said, "I'll help you with that." <laughs> <laughs> Truly and honestly, God. Uh, No, but you know what? Big Fish, I'll revisit this movie. I will. Same. I'll show it to my family in the future years. Mm -hmm. It's cute. It is cute. It's a recommend. And it's also, I I think I hold a soft spot because it's in Alabama. And it's streaming on Netflix. So check this one out. Mm -hmm. What would you give it out of 10? You know, it is a full seven. <laughs> Me too. That was my score as well. <laughs> Movie Maven score is seven out of ten. I think I forgot to say three thousand years of longing. Five and a That's half a out of five ten. Five and a half out of ten. Perfect. Yeah. Okay, that means watch Big Fish. Yeah. 
basically. Okay. Well, that's our show. Rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Please, it helps a lot. I promise you it does. Um, <laughs> give us a follow on Instagram at Movie Mavens. Follow us on Twitter at Movie Mavens Pod. That's it. Movie Mavens all the way out. <laughs>